0: From Kentucky, Rio, and Powell County Cares, this is The Local Lens.
1: Harm reduction accepts that for better or for worse, drug use is part of our world. And that's something we've tried to acknowledge several times, I think, through the podcast. but um, So if it's going to be there, then we need to work to minimize the harmful effects of that drug use rather than just ignore it or condemn it. And that's another part of our mission with the CARES program is the stigma. And, uh, you know, we try to meet people where they are. No judgment. Uh, condemning people is not going to help them at all.
2: One reason that I think this is important is, like Stacy said, it, it's not going away. It's going to be here forever. And if it hasn't touched you in some way, somehow, you should consider yourself blessed. I think every family goes through it to some point in in some way, and everybody is affected by it, from the children to the parents to the aunts, the uncles, the nieces, the nephews, their best friends. Everybody is
1: affected. Because it affects everybody, it's going to take everybody being at the table before we move forward at all in the movement, because um, you know, you can't just ignore it. You can't just like what we've been doing is working.
0: So welcome to the table, my friends. You're listening to The Local Lens, the podcast from the Powell County Health Department, where we go inside our community's experience with the drug epidemic. Our show is coming to you from Stanton, Kentucky, nestled at the foothills of Appalachia. So every person in our small town sees with A unique perspective and what we want to do with this show is go gather all of those perspectives and learn how to look at addiction from all of the perspectives at once because the better we see it the more wholly and completely we see this monster of addiction the better equipped we'll be to address it and try making our community better and safer and healthier
1: so the more people that know what's going on and the different pieces the different people that are working and um, and what we're trying to do with different programs and grants and um, I just think that is the key education knowledge is the key to, to helping us get somewhere with this
0: so let's get into the episode these are our people using our voices, telling our stories, because no one sees it like we do.
1: I'm Stacy Crace. I'm the Public Health Director at the Health Department here in Powell County and a lifelong resident myself here in Powell County. Worked in healthcare, care, um, mostly in public health for 19 years, and for the last several years there's really been a spotlight on harm reduction and just the fact that this issue with Drug use is not going away. So, what are some strategies that we in public health can do to try to minimize the harm that does eventually come from that? So,
0: what is the most basic definition of harm reduction you could give?
1: Uh, well, I know typically nowadays we go straight to drugs, you know, mm-hmm. with harm reduction, but it's actually a more encompassing term that just means that with any activity, Um, let's see what we can do to put measures in place to minimize the harm truly that Mm -hmm. could come from this activity. So, I mean, it really goes back to even um, sex ed classes and things like that that public health has been doing and those types of education to prevent teen pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases. I mean, that's a strategy of harm reduction. So it's just Mm -hmm. been um, as of the last several years that it's gotten a bigger umbrella and um, actually proven to be very... Successful with um, dealing with the drug use issue.
0: I saw a video a few weeks ago that was probably the most clever way to introduce the topic of harm reduction. It had a cartoon of a guy driving in a car and it was like clicking a seatbelt. That's there harm you reduction, <laughs> or like a guy was skydiving, has uh-huh. <laughs> like the parachute. That's harm reduction. Yeah. So. Um, Proper
1: way to install a car seat. We do things yeah. like that, you
0: know? Yeah. We've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. We're just applying it to addiction services now. Yes. So that's one guest. Let's meet the other guest this week.
2: Um, I'm Leander Knox and I live here in Stanton. I've been in healthcare in some capacity for probably 20 plus years now. Um, we recently, I work for Kentucky, uh, rural health information organization, and we do a lot of IT, healthcare IT stuff, but we also work on the grant side of it. So um, about a year, two years ago, almost, I went to the executive director and was like, hey, I have this idea. If we have an opportunity to apply for a grant, can we do it? And that's how I became the project director for the Kentucky Opioid Um, Community Healing Project. So with that, with our grant, we will be focusing on six counties, um, Powell, Estill, um, Bath, Menifee, Morgan, and Montgomery.
0: So the project was born for Powell County and has grown to expand into five other counties since then. But it's really applicable to any kind of community out there. And focusing locally really helps us cover the area better and more in-depth.
2: We have the whole state of Kentucky. Sometimes it's the needs greater somewhere else. So for once, I actually get to be inside the community and give back to the community I grew up in. So I'm just mm-hmm. so excited about that.
0: So we're doing a roundtable talk today because, so I started working in this about a year ago now, a little over a year ago, and Miss Stacy Grace, you were the person who hired me and a month or two into the job, gave the green light to try out doing the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leandra, you're here because about half a year after that, after we'd recorded all of the first season's episodes, you heard about the project and you said, that's important we want to make sure that keeps on happening. So the two of you were on board with this before there was anything to really be on board with. And that makes me curious why you both think that this is something we need to do. You guys both have uh, sheets in front of you with, with notes. <laughs> <on this. laughs> I can't tell you the last time that I came to one of these podcasts with a piece of paper and no i can tell you i think it was after like recording the fifth one and after that one i was like okay fine we're we're gonna (laughs) wean every one of these now and it's gone well for me but what did what did you guys bring here for us
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i just have i don't know i've got a few things when when we discussed what do we want people to know about harm reduction and Mm -hmm. just sort of almost wrapping up Season one, leading into season two, what Mm -hmm. is this all about? And I went back to the episode that I recorded on with Ian Morton, and and I was honest in that episode that, you know, even working in public health, and you first hear about Mm -hmm. syringe exchange, it sounds like, that just doesn't seem like that would be what we should do is hand out needles. But then, you know, when you get the whole concept explained to you, and so I think it's important for people to know that, it's okay to be skeptical. It's okay to have your doubts and to mm-hmm. seek that additional information. Mm-hmm. And so, why does it make sense to some people? <laughs> you know, what what mm-hmm. are we trying to do here? What's the end goal? So, uh, I kind of read up some, some talking points and some different things about, you know, if I were to try to, in a nutshell, explain it to people. And, uh, Let's go for this it. This is one that yeah, I wrote down go for it. Harm reduction accepts that for better or for worse, drug use is part of our world. And that's something we've tried to true. acknowledge several mm-hmm. times, I think through the podcast, but, mm-hmm. um, so if it's going to be there, then we need to work to minimize the harmful effects of that drug use rather than just ignore it or mm-hmm. condemn it. And that's mm-hmm. another part of our mission with the cares program is the stigma. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we try to meet people where they are, no judgment, Um uh, condemning people is not going to help them at all and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just have to be there for them and that's another part that I always try to let people know is it's not just about with our syringe exchange it's not just about the clean needle it's about that friendly face that contact at the back of the health department that you know they know that person is there and those treatment resources are there and if they have any questions, then they know where to go otherwise they're just out alone in the world Mm -hmm. using drugs and i just you know we've heard some of these stories in the first season and it's Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking and Mm -hmm. gut-wrenching and you know and so so there's a lot of of important points i think that people need to know about harm reduction so
0: So it's not necessarily that we want people to be experts on harm reduction. We just want people to be supporters of it so that there's no public backlash when our health department runs a syringe exchange program or something like that.
1: I mean, I definitely think there's a learning curve, and I think that this podcast has been good for that, you know, to hear both sides of the story. I think there's a learning curve on both sides because... As you hear in that episode, mm-hmm. I learned things from Ian and, you mm-hmm. know, some perspectives that he had being a sergeant and, um, you know, kind of in his line of work that I hadn't thought of before because I don't deal with that side of it. So um, I th- that's why I think this podcast and just communicating mm-hmm. as small as we are, you know, you would think that we all know each other. We all know what everybody's doing and mm-hmm. and we just don't. Mm-hmm. And so it's been good to talk to each other and really Learn from each other, and I do think it's opened up communication quite a bit. So we all feel more comfortable with with each other, and mm-hmm. think we can have more meetings and uh, different things going forward. Mm-hmm. So. We have to destigmatize it. We've got to ask. I mean,
2: as a community, even I feel like we've got to learn how to do that and ask ourselves the question: Can we show compassion for someone who has an opioid use disorder? or substance use disorder, the same as we have compassion for mm-hmm. someone that has diabetes. Mm-hmm. I feel That's like exactly we where really I was going <laughs> have to hone in on that. I think we got to just start actually just having
1: really hard conversations and being honest about it. Yeah, you know, people make comments about how much weight they've gained during the pandemic and how they're mm-hmm. stress eating,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they don't receive the same judgment as somebody that's picked up on alcohol or drug use, but it's the same coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just different substances. So Mm -hmm. I was thinking that way too, as far as my background with being a dietitian and a diabetes educator, when you mentioned, you know, diabetes, it's of course, when we have patients and we have diabetes classes, we have goals in mind that they need to eat this way. And it's better for them to eat Mm -hmm. these foods and exercise X amount of minutes every day. But at first, you know, sometimes with people it's like well can you walk to your mailbox and back Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that that may be where somebody starts can you maybe um, not drink soft drinks and you just start with very minor goals and for some reason with drug use um, those people I think are expected to just cross the finish line it's either Mm -hmm. you know you're in or you're out and they, they don't I don't know. It's It just seems like there's a stigma more associated with that. And mm. people don't realize they need all those steps to treatment, That's too, and recovery. Really mm-hmm. And some people, too, um, it's important to know some people never recover. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at that population, too. You want everybody to, but it's, a, you know, with any other health condition, some people never quit smoking, some people never lose that 50 pounds they need to lose. Mm-hmm. So, you know with those yeah. people okay then harm reduction would be we provide you clean syringes we provide you narcan we provide you education and mm-hmm. that's one way you can we can meet you where you are again and mm-hmm. help you cool. on your journey so
0: so when you're starting to look at addiction like it's a disease then it does draw a lot of comparisons to diabetes Yes, it's not a perfect analogy. There are a lot of similarities, but there are a lot of differences as well. But it's at least a good starting point to start looking at it that way. We're not going to get any further into the science of this right now. Instead, we're going to change directions and start looking at approaches to treatment and to harm reduction. So when when you're inside harm reduction, then, where do you think are the most important places to be putting a lot of money in those.
2: Honestly, I mean, I feel like it's the whole community. Like Mm -hmm. there's not one area that I say, okay, let's put like $5,000 right here and Mm -hmm. just dump all that money there. I feel like it has to be like personally from what I see, it needs to be broken down. I think it's Mm -hmm. everything really. I don't necessarily... Personally, then I don't necessarily think it goes just like in one area mm-hmm. from
1: what I've seen. That's one thing I like about the CARES grant that we got because we had you know, every litter of CARES stood for something that, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't put all our eggs in one basket. We had the collaboration and community meeting piece and then the access to treatment and rapid response, education, and then syringe exchange. So there's a lot of different ways that you can. Get more bang for your buck, I think, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. more information out there because some people will be impacted by peer support, but some people need the education. Just your general community member needs that, and they'll mm-hmm. never know necessarily. You know, they may never know about a peer support or what they do, mm-hmm. but they may see a video or <laughs> listen to a podcast. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <so>. Hopefully. <laughs> tell
0: your friends. <laughs> So this kind of suggests that you kind of have to throw everything that you can at the wall and just see what sticks because every place is very different from each other. It depends so much on the people in your community, the people who are being active about it. And that means that you can't just have a government mandated program to fix things. It has to be specific to each place. And we want the local lens to be an exploration of that, to show people what works in Stanton. So why do you guys think that, not even just the podcast, but that the whole conversation of harm reduction, of paying attention to the addiction world, why is this important for everybody?
1: Well, I think that because it affects everybody, it's going to take everybody Mm -hmm. being at the table before Mm -hmm. we move forward at all in the movement. Because... Um, you know, you can't just ignore it. You can't mm-hmm. just pretend like what we've been doing is working.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: the more people that know what's going on and the different pieces, the different people that are working and, um, and what we're trying to do with different programs and grants. And um, I just think that is the key. Education, knowledge is the key to mm-hmm. to helping us get somewhere with this. Um and I guarantee you, you listen to one podcast then you'll learn at least one thing that, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't mm-hmm. know or change your perspective and then yeah, hopefully it stems from there. But
0: Even if the only mm-hmm. thing you learn is how hard life is for, for some, some
2: people. Some people one reason that I think this is important is like Stacy said, it it's not going away. It's gonna be here forever. And if it hasn't touched you in some way somehow, you should consider yourself blessed. I think every family goes through it to some point in in some way and everybody is affected by it from the children to the parents, to the aunts, the uncles, the nieces, the nephews, their best friends, everybody is affected. And I think that for me, I see it so much Family members, friends, people I went to school with that I was really good friends with. Just different ways that I see it in our community. And it's not going to get better until we try to fix
0: it. And by we, we mean everyone, all of us together. Not just the three of us in the room.
2: According to the CDC just last year, 90,000 people have died from drug overdoses. Mm-hmm. 90,000. Mm-hmm. Wow. In 2020. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, too, one of the reasons that when you think about that, that's why we have to change the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, because eventually it hits home, even economically.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But
1: 90000 is a lot. That is a lot. And then you look at, <clears throat> say, there's five to ten people, just minimum, whose lives will never be the same because they're super mm-hmm. close friends or family of those mm-hmm. people. Uh, children, sisters, brothers. I mean, that. It's just mm-hmm. a, ripple a lot effect. of people. Yeah. And that's
0: yeah. really sad. So let's do some quick math here. So you have 90,000 people who died from overdoses, and each of them reached five other people, let's say. That is 450,000 other people who just lost someone who was really important to them. That's almost half a million people. You start dealing with that many people, and then it has to be a public issue, right? then you have to step in. Your public has to start doing things to try to remedy it and make it better. But then it's difficult because it's so hard to tell if anything that you're doing is actually working. But you still have to keep trying to do things anyways. And
2: we may not see, see it next year. We may not see it three years from now, but maybe 10 years down the road. Mm-hmm. Maybe something that we did in some type of a program or, I mean, just even having a speaker come. Mm-hmm. We may we may help someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I have a goal in mind. I think with any grant, you want to help as many people as you can. But also my mindset is if I spend all this money to help one person and one person has a takeaway from it, like
1: mm-hmm. that's the
2: best money that I could mm-hmm. ever spend. If mm-hmm. I can change one life by doing this grant, I mean, if we all work together and do that, I think that we have been very successful.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think you're, you're selling yourself short a little bit on that too, because it's not even just changing a life. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I feel like everything you do, every choice you make changes your life, but it's legitimately mm-hmm. keeping people alive.
2: Yes. Like
0: it's at the bottom line yes. is that what's happening, what's been happening in Stanton is that we're losing way too many lives before mm-hmm. We should be losing them, and that makes a lot of Christmases, a lot of Thanksgivings, and birthdays much harder to go through for a lot of families
1: mm-hmm. the
0: entire the entire goal is to keep people alive mm-hmm. longer, and yeah, no matter you actually okay. said this in the Ian Morton's episode. it's like their lives mm-hmm. just like everyone it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what what it is that they're doing that yeah that puts it at risk, like as as harmful as drug use can be. For some reason or another, people use drugs. And it's gotta be somebody's job to
1: yeah. try to keep people
0: from dying. <laughs> yeah.
1: We wear shirts, you know, public health saves lives. And there's a hashtag public health yeah. saves lives and it's all lives and um mm-hmm. yeah. Not only Save Everything. it, but, you know, save their family members or friends from a lot mm-hmm. of heartache, hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, and um I just, I think it was chilling for a lot of people when you listen to the Joshua Jones episode and mm-hmm. to hear him say death yeah. was a cool option for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many people get to that point and we never know it? Yeah. And I'm glad he came back from that point, but just... Mm-hmm. um that is not. It was very out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was, and that's actually
2: yeah. on one of my notes here. Like, I don't have a drug problem. I have a solution. Like, that's, those two things mm-hmm. stuck out with me
0: mm-hmm.
2: um in that podcast. I mean, there was a lot of others, but mm-hmm. those were the two that just like, wow. And
0: yeah. then knowing that somebody's like, thinking like that, mm-hmm. then that helps inform mm-hmm. you as somebody who's trying to help at how you can help. Like, if you can get in, there's a marketing Like the rule of marketing is to get into your audience's head Mm -hmm. and that's got to be the same way with any approach to health stuff So Mm -hmm. here y'all tell me if this is accurate or if it just sounds too stupid to, (laughs) to Ever say on record with public health the ultimate goal is for nothing exciting to ever happen like for just nothing yes. like
1: <laughs> pretty much. That <laughs> is the thing that we say. When public health works, you don't know what we're doing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And and especially with the pandemic, you know, we've been front and center more and um mm-hmm. uh, we'll never be able to prove what we did because you can't say what would have happened if those public health measures yeah. wouldn't have been in mm-hmm. place so yeah. it's a very tough position to be in and sometimes a thankless job <laughs> mm-hmm. you know we we just do a lot like that behind the scenes that um it's what we're there for mm-hmm. improve yeah. lives hopefully thank you thank you for doing
0: it you seem to be leading a good ship i think
2: she's done an excellent job considering that she was just new director in covid and just
0: i agree everyone everyone go to the closest starbucks buy a 15 dollar gift card and mail it to the health department they deserve them Yes. yes they do so let's focus back in on why we're doing this show then This is the health department trying to reach our public where you guys are at. We want you guys to be supporters of what we're doing. We want our community to be healthier. Everyone in our community. Statistically speaking, Eastern Kentucky has remarkably poor health. So we hope that this is a different way that we can reach you guys and try to get everyone on board with this.
1: I feel like the podcast is a way for people to quietly... Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they did it on purpose because they saw something that made them want to tune in or maybe they just happened on, you know, on the radio at the time. That maybe
0: they just heard me maybe, yelling yeah, and I decided just... <laughs> like, what's this guy yelling about?
1: <laughs> and I just think that's the cool thing that has happened is the blessing in disguise that it's mm-hmm. reached a whole lot more people than it would have if we had had two or three in-person meeting opportunities. People just don't, normally take advantage of those Mm -hmm. and it
2: gives them like kind of what you said they can do it in the comfort of their own home
0: it's a heavy show to listen to i do not understand how i've gotten through doing this job for a year and have kept a sense of humor (laughs) like it's It's, just kind of crazy mm -hmm. because it's it's a lot i don't blame people if they don't want to like get online and just broadcast that
1: Oh, absolutely. That, like, their
0: favorite thing to do is listen to this show about how addiction is tearing up their Mm -hmm. community. But at the same time, I hope that people see the importance of it and try to get other people. If you are a listener to this show, try to get other people to listen to it. I say that Mm -hmm. selfishly because it's my job, (laughs) (laughs) and I can have a job for a longer time if people are listening. (laughs) but also because it's important it it'll shape your views and you don't know how a certain how hearing a certain person's story and perspective will change your entire approach to everything
1: you don't so. know what you don't know
2: something i i was even thinking i think i've told daint this before but I, i've been in healthcare for years i've worked in this for years But even I've learned new things over, like, almost on every podcast. There's something that I that's a big big takeaway, like, huh, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that, or wow, I wouldn't have realized that. So, and I've also cried. I feel like, like, every episode has some point to where I tear up. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I gotta quit doing this to myself. But, I mean, I come back for more. (laughs) (laughs) Because Not because it is my job, but just because I'm interested in what is going on and hearing those stories and what I can learn from it.
0: It's all in the spirit of learning, of being better, of being healthier, of being more compassionate to people. Really, we just want people to listen to each other, to listen to the experts who spend their entire lives studying addiction. We want you to listen to mothers who have lost their children. We want you to listen to children who grew up without their parents. We really just want everyone to be supportive of each other and to want what's best for everyone else in our community. That is the entire goal of The Local Lens. Anyways, that is all the time that we have for today's show. Thank you guys for listening and a big thanks to Miss Stacy Crace and Miss Leandra Knox for coming on the show and talking with me on this. Uh, Hopefully it was good information for our listeners. I would also really like to thank WSKV for broadcasting our show. Uh, Also a big thanks to the Powell County Health Department and Kentucky Rio for sponsoring the show and letting it be a thing. To our listeners... Thank you guys so much for listening to this. But now I'm going to tell you to go tell your friends to listen as well. Tell your family members, your aunts and uncles that you see twice a year. We really think this is important information. We think it's for everyone, no matter where you're from. So go find us on Facebook and help us spread the word. This is The Local Lens. These are our people using our voices, telling our stories, because no one sees it like we do.